Welcome to The Daily Sales Show, hosted by Sell Better. Welcome back, everybody, to Sell Better's Daily Sales Show, where we give you daily sales advice to help you sell better. We've launched a question. Please take part in it so that we can tailor this conversation. The man, the myth, the legend, Jason Bay, the cold calling champ, is in the room. Welcome back to the show, my friend. What's up? Good to be back. I said this last time, dude. I need to like uh, pay for your services to be my hype man. <laughs> Love it. I get it. I get it. You know, hey, listen, energy is everything and sales is the transfer of energy. And that's why I've always been successful. And so are our partners. Big shout out to them for helping us to make this show a success. Zoom Info's got the best data orchestration in the game today. Shout out to Outplay for the solution that can 3X your meetings, but not your budget. And huge props to Vidyard for this upcoming show that they have coming up. Let me show you guys. Let me show you guys. Look, just look at this list of speakers marcus chan jeb blunt tyler lassard kathy mcphillips alexine moudoir jake dunlap lisa palmer i mean these are some great names let me know who your favorite is in the chat but this event right here is being dropped in the chat right now so that you guys can get it we'll drop it a couple of times probably throughout the show but you definitely want to be a part of that show so get out there and get into that show big shout out to vidyard one of my favorite events of the year fast forward you need to be there all right let's get started but before we dive in scan this QR code, check out our new website we are so proud of, and get to the daily sales show that you can sign up for that matters most to your role. Some of you are AEs, some of you are frontline managers. Let's take a look, right? Bam, look at that. I was right, SDRs, AEs, yep. frontline managers. Shout out to the senior leaders. Look at that, 11%. Hey, yo, we're, we're hitting some high notes. <laughs> Okay, so also our YouTube channel, go find it, sell better. Go ahead, subscribe. There's nothing, there's nothing stopping you. What's stopping you? There's nothing stopping you. Uh, today's agenda. We're going to do some real life cold calls. I'm going to introduce some cold callers. I'm probably going to get some of you. So if you want to be on screen, raise your hand right now so that Maria from Sell Better can reach out and get you on screen with us after our first cold caller. We're going to do some real world cold calling here and you get the chance to participate. Witness expert analysis. Jason is the best in the business. I'm just going to go ahead and say it, right? He's got a great flow, a great course that's free. We're going to drop that in the chat for you as well. Live Q&A that we're going to do at the end. And Jason is very good on the spot with Q&A. So be ready for that and drop those in there. Let's get started. I, you gave me great tips. Explain these tips. Talk to us about actionable stuff. Why are these tips the ones that stood out most to you when it comes to talk time and all of these wonderful things that you think cold callers should be focused on today? Yeah, I've I've made a lot of cold calls in my 15 plus years of sales experience. I've also listened, especially more recently, to a lot of recordings. And the thing, the area where people usually get shut down is in that first 30 to 60 seconds. So we have some stats that you'll bring up later, I know, on that. But it's usually because it's, uh, hey, James, I'm calling with Outbound Squad and we do, or you need to meet with me because, and it's all like me centric. And the, uh, if I were to give you like a visual, if you're watching this, we basically try to take a prospect in their world and then bring them over to ours. And when you're doing Outbound, that's, that's not the move. You want to meet the prospect in their world where they're at. And you do that by talking about their priorities, their problems, and them. So the goal is to get the prospect to talk about themselves and you do that by talking about them yeah. and less about your thing. So replace that pitch with a priority drop. Two is permission-based opener. So what we have to always remember is that when we call a prospect, 
Uh, there's no way around it. The definition of a cold call is being on the receiving end of a call that you didn't ask to receive. So what works really well is getting the prospect to opt in to participating in that experience. And we'll give you some examples of, of what that sounds like, but getting them to opt in. And the third big mistake that I hear a lot of reps make is they ask questions like this. Well, James, so what's your biggest challenge with your account executives right now? And it's this huge open-ended question that's high friction, hard to answer. And it's just going to lead to someone saying, I don't really get time for that right now. Can you send me an email? And it also doesn't demonstrate expertise. And that's the, the thing in sales. One last point is that we're starting from behind the starting line. Skepticism is our biggest challenge, overcoming skepticism. And the way that you do that is by asking pointed questions that demonstrate that, hey, I talk to a lot of people like you, James, on a daily basis. Let me demonstrate that by asking a really pointed, smart question. And again, happy to go into any examples that you want to as well. I love this. I have a permission-based opener that I default to, and it's, do you have a second before your next meeting? And that's part of my opener. I have a whole opener. I put it out there, go find it on LinkedIn. But that's my permission-based opener. Do you have a second before your next meeting? I think it steals away this ability for them to say, I'm in a meeting. I want to ask this question before we get started on this data right here, but let's ask this question. Are monologues helping or hurting your cold calls. That's the one that's in front of you right now. Please take part in these. These are a lot of fun and they help us to drive the conversation. And we're going to talk a little bit about monologues. So uh, talk time, you said to me that there is a myth that a lot of people struggle with around talk time. Talk to me about this myth that you've seen and how it's impacted talk time uh, experts everywhere. Gong released some data recently. So throw this out there for us. Yeah, let me know. Uh, write the word me into the chat. If you've ever been given the advice, you have two ears and one mouth. Uh, Use them proportionately. You should you should listen, right? Sales is all about listening. Let me know in the chat if you've ever gotten that advice from someone. Um, it turns out Gong analyzed almost 100,000 cold calls. And what they found in the, uh, the ones that had a positive outcome, so the ones that landed a next meeting, was that the rep actually talked a little bit more than the prospect. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the non-obvious kind of thing here to take away is it's not about talking less than the prospect. It's about talking about yourself less. So it's okay to talk more. You actually want to drive and lead the conversation. You do that by talking about the prospect. Okay. I'll give you a really good example of this. Okay. Um, sales training is kind of the easiest one, uh, for, for us to use for this example. If I started a call and said, Hey, James, Jason with outbound squad here, I was giving you a call. We're training a lot of teams at some cool companies like Gong and Zoom and Medallia. And I'd like to set aside some time to run you through our training and how we help reps book more meetings. That's one way that I could do it. I talked all about myself, right? That's immediately going to give them something they can make a decision on, which I don't really want to do at the beginning of a cold call. Mm-hmm. I want to provide myself time to ask a few questions. So if I flip that, I can talk about what I do through a priority drop and use what's called customer voice. So I might do something like this, James, the reason I was giving you a call, I work with a lot of sales leaders right now, companies like Gong, Bedalia, a few others. There's a really big focus around one AE self-sourcing that we're hearing right now. So they're trying to get AEs to self-source at least 30% of pipe, get to four to five X pipeline coverage. The second thing we hear is really around running tighter deal cycles. So they're having to do more multi-threading, engage with CFOs, get to power, all of that kind of stuff because deals are taking longer to close. How does that compare to your priorities and what you're working on right now? So I've talked about what I help with through the lens of what my customers are focused on and where they're having challenges. 
if you flip the first 60 seconds of your call, if you focus more on the prospect and their world, you're going to get engagement, especially if you nail that language, you're going to get engagement at the very beginning. And what I would rather be asked by a prospect is, and instead of can you send me an email, I'd rather be asked, so what do you guys do? Now they're leaning in and they're curious and they're interested. Yeah. Yeah. There's this, uh, there's that, there's that pivot point where you start the focus point on them. So what do you guys do about this? And that's the pivot point for them. We, we have to be quiet after we say that. That's a very hard thing for salespeople yeah. to do is to know when to be quiet. Let's bring our first cold caller in. Everybody, please welcome Christopher Hurria here to the show. Christopher, what's going on, my friend? Welcome. Hashtag you're muted. <laughs> Hashtag I'll figure this out. I'm doing great. I'm happy to be here. Hey, everybody say hi to Christopher. We have a lot of brave people coming in yeah. right now. Uh, so this is something I want you guys to be positive about. Please give him a lot of support. Let me give you a little bit of information about Christopher that I have. He is with Orion Talent. You can see it right there behind him. Uh, loving that background there, represent. Uh, his value proposition focused on AR and connecting employers to job seekers. That's the job. He typically sells to HR personas and he's looking for open roles to fill with the right talent. He's going to be calling me, your, your man, James, say what sales Buckley. And my role is director of HR. I am responsible for systems, people, employee relationships, compliance. All of that falls under my purview. My man, are you ready? Let's do this. Check this out. It looks like, just so you know, a lot of people fall victim to the myth. Before you kick this thing off, they think 80% or 63% of the voters think that it's hurting, but it's actually helping. You need more monologues. That's what the data proves. So I'm just giving you that tip before we launch this. Are you ready? Let's do this. Okay, here we go. Hello. Hi, James. Yes. Hi, my name is Christopher Hurry. I'm a Marine Corps veteran with Orion Talent. I know I caught you in the middle of something right now, but I was wondering if I could have a moment to talk about why the, what the reason for this phone call, and then I'll let you decide if we continue this conversation. Um, what's your name was? My name is Chris. Uh, yeah, Chris. Okay. I've got a few minutes. What's up? Awesome. So we doing a lot of research industry that right now within the United States, technical roles are extremely hard to fill. Have you ever considered hiring military veterans into technical roles? Um, you know, I know this is a, a trend, uh, I, you know, I think we've considered it, but I don't know that we know any real connections to make it happen. It's not really something on our radar right now, Chris. Well, that, that makes a lot of sense. I understand the connections are hard to come by, especially when it especially, uh, specializes with military talent. And that's one thing that's great with Orion Talent is we start and specialize with military veterans that are coming out of the military, as well as military veterans that have industry experience. Is Do you currently have veterans that work with your organization? Uh, you know, I think we've hired a few veterans, but I don't think we went through any programs to listen. Can, is it okay if you just send me an email? Well, I can send you an email and I absolutely will do that, but I would love to have an introduction call when I can get more time with you to kind of go over and discuss how military veterans can benefit your company. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's probably worth a discussion. I, I want to support our military, of course, and our veterans. So it's probably worth a conversation. I just don't know that I'm ready to have it right now. Well, that's fine. I mean, I only need about 30 minutes of your time. Let's schedule this for Thursday of this week so we can talk about this a little bit more in detail. Does that work for you? Thursday. It does. Chris, I want to say thank you very much for coming in. That's that's time right there. Uh, okay. Uh, everybody, please tell 
Chris, that he did a great job on that call. I'm actually very impressed with that call uh, personally, and I'm I'm difficult to deal with. You know, I've been giving some pushback, some common objections. Uh, my man, before I pivot over to Jason, uh, tell me how much training have you received? How long you've been doing this? Uh, how long you've been selling this product? Yeah, so uh, I recently retired from the Marine Corps after 21 years, and I'm literally on month two of being an AE and one month fully of being on the phones and selling. Yo. So we, my training, I did a, basically a, a one month, couple hour a day training sessions, but everything else has been trying to devolve and eat as much as I can. Took Jason's base free uh, cold calling class. I hope that some of that came out in there, um, but obviously been watching your show as well. Hey, well, we appreciate you coming on being a brave caller. Thank you very much for your service and for your call today. Uh, let's take you off screen here. Jason, let me open the door for you. And let me just ask you initial feedback, some things you notice, stuff to pick up on. Uh, you know, what do you got as a cold call coach expert? What do you got for him? Yeah, I think the immediate thing that sticks out to me, there's a couple of good things that he did. Great permission-based opener. That's textbook, just like we, uh, like we teach. Um, and I think something that's actually very hard to teach that just comes with experience is like tonality was good. Mm. Ace was pretty good. Clearly enunciating words and phrases that you use during the call. All of that is so, so important. Um, and I thought that when you asked, um, you know, hey, what's your name? Who are you? Like, I thought he handled that pretty well and didn't get you rattled. A lot of people get rattled. They're like, oh, shit, you have the mic. I have the mic now. You know, they kind of freak out a little bit. So all of that was good. Um, okay, my feedback. So here's one thing that I would consider doing. This is where you can take it. Okay, hang on. Before you bring the feedback, let me bring him back in so you can give it to him directly. Chris, come back in so Jason can give yeah. you this directly. I want the back and forth here. All right. Let me have Chris, a uh, quick question for you. What are like the top two goals that your clients, if they use your service, they accomplish? So goals that they already have, they don't even know about Orion, but let's pretend. What two goals or priorities do they have that Orion helps them with? Stuff that they already care about. What is that? Um, it's a great question. So I would say two goals is, you know, finding quality talent for their positions, as well as the intrinsic soft skills that uh, looking for leadership capabilities within their current employees. So here's what I would suge uh, suggest doing. Looking for okay. capabilities. And if you, if you think, if you know, obviously you guys have been in this industry a lot longer than I have, if you'd be like, hey, maybe these are two things that these employers, because my my understanding of the civilian market is about this big. So I'm still trying to learn everything. You, you know, he's the military guy when he said civilian, you know? Yeah, exactly. You know, build it to delineate between the two. Yeah. Um, okay. So what I would do is permission-based opener, great. The first question you went into was, you know, I've been doing a lot of sitting in the industry and, you know, folks run into uh, trouble filling technical roles. Have you ever considered using military talent? The rule and principle that you want to abide by when you're prospecting is don't prospect to make a sale, prospect to start a conversation. So the don't make a sale part, that means don't talk about your stuff. Because then they start thinking, well, have I considered using military talent? Do I use it? Yes or no. And like, I don't want them in that area right now. I want them focused on what their priorities are. Okay, so if you replace that, it might sound something like this. I'll just kind of riff on it a little bit. Um, great, Chris. Thanks for taking the time. The reason I was calling you, I don't know if you're running into this, but I speak with a lot of HR leaders that are trying to fill technical roles and they find that this tech talent's pretty tough to find. And they're doing one of two things right now. Uh, one, they're focused on, you know, how do we fill these roles faster? 
because we have a product roadmap. We need more technical people on our team. How do we find these people faster? The second focus I hear is more around brand differentiation. So they're competing with technical talent that Google's swiping up, Facebook's swiping up, all of these tech companies, and they need a way to differentiate themselves. I'm really curious, how does that compare to like how you're acquiring tech talent right now? So if I can nail the, what are they focused on and a problem that they're having, I can kind of like, they're trying to do this, but they keep running into this. If I nail that piece, now I'm speaking HR language. Okay. Right? So cost of acquisition is a big thing too right yeah. now. So th- you could say cost of acquisition, you know, uh, tech talent's really expensive and hard to come by. So how do we do this in an efficient way that doesn't eat up a bunch of our budget? So what I would do is I would think about what are those top two or three things that you hear in every single interaction with these HR leaders? That's the thing that needs to come out first. Okay. And then you're basically doing like a multiple choice, like where do you fit in here? And that creates a very narrow window for the next part of the call where you're going to ask questions. Yeah. You can say, hey, uh, Chris, yeah, a lot of the folks that are filling these roles higher, uh, faster right now, a lot of them are you know, posting a lot of ads, let's say on Facebook or Indeed. Some of them are using uh, recruiters. Some of them are doing a lot of it in-house. How are you getting the job done right now? And then I can narrow even further if they're like, yeah, we're, we're doing most of this in-house. Well, hey, I'm really glad I called you. you know, a lot of the customers that we're working with like XYZ, find that when they're doing it in-house, it eats up a ton of bandwidth, bandwidth that they don't have, et cetera, et cetera. How does that compare to how you guys are tackling it right now? And then what you might get at that point is the question of, well, what do you guys do? Hey, I'm glad you asked. <laughs> you know, and you share a customer story and like, then you talk about the military talent. Thing. Okay. Hey, we're finding that a lot of our customers, very similar XYZ companies, HR leaders, one that, I, that comes to mind, they were doing all of this hiring in-house. It was eating up a bunch of time. And one thing that we helped them do was find military talent. And they found that ex-Marines, Navy, Coast Guard, Army, et cetera, they found that these hires tend to be a little easier to find, but they stick around longer and demonstrate more leadership qualities that they're looking for. I know I said I'd keep it brief today. How about we uh, schedule a time to talk about this a little more when I'm not cold calling you in the middle of your day? Boom. And then you go and ask for uh, for the meeting. Okay. So I think the, the big thing is like, what are your prospects already focused on independent of your solution? Yeah. Start with that, get them to like put themselves into a bucket and then have a very narrow conversation around those specific things. How are they getting the job done? So status quo, mm-hmm. work solution, and then have some good problems that you know that they're having that you're going to ask them about. Okay. okay. Awesome. That's Yo, that great. was fire. When you yeah, said, when you said, I know I said I'd keep it brief today. How about we, that transition, everybody started reacting when I, when you said that, uh, Christopher, thank you so much. Uh, do you have anything anything for Jason before we bring on our next caller from our audience? <laughs> oh, I just appreciate the time and being honored to be here today. So I appreciate it. Thank you for great feedback. Yeah, thanks for being a part of the show, man. We appreciate sure. it. Okay, let's th- let's take an, let's take another stab at a stat here. This was a a pretty surprising one for me. But before we talk about it, I'm going to launch this question now because there's been a couple of comments about some of Jason's feedback. It's a little long. This is like a call that's going a long time, a lot longer. What do you think is the average? And I think you guys are. Uh, being very critical, which is good, right? We want to improve. And the only way to do that is to be critical of the things that we're hearing. So love the comment in the chat about length that I saw float by uh, and that's it. So let's talk about this. What do you say about that talk time? How? What's the average length according to Chorus, Jason? So the average cold call only lasts 80 seconds. And I, I have yet to find this detail, James, and it's, does that pre- 
that include the dial, like the ringing time of the, you know, that's a great question. Um, cause that makes a big difference. Cause then it's even shorter. Um, and then only 10% of connected calls last longer than two minutes. So kind of takeaway here is that your first, uh, goal, the first milestone, if you kind of chunk up the cold call is there's this like intro piece where you're trying to like break in and actually have a conversation. And that first 30 to 60 seconds is crucial permission-based opener. And that priority drop, the gong data supports a 35 to 40 second monologue throughout the call. It has to be good though. That can't be 30 seconds of me talking all about what I do. It's got to be about them. And if I nail it, oftentimes prospects will cut you off and be like, yeah, yeah, that thing. We're definitely focused on it. So what do you guys do? It depends on if it's an executive or not too. Executives, especially sales executives, but a lot of my customers, the executives want to know, who have you done this for? They want to know a proof point. So, so who have you worked with? Anyone that sells into CISO or technical roles, you know that people want proof points and social proof is huge with yep. that. Yep. Persona does matter when it comes to the conversation level. I mean, it's tough enough just to get somebody to answer the phone at the IT security level. If that's if you're selling to CyberSec, I assure you anything you send as an attachment is under a microscope and the chances of them clicking something is pretty low. Uh, check out these results though. Right? What's the average cold call duration? A lot of people, a lot of people on it, blaming for about three minutes. Uh, some people hit it on the nose at eighty seconds. I love that. Uh, five minutes. We had a comment in there about five minutes. I saw it go by. Being five minutes being the aim and the most successful time frame for those cold calls. So great stuff. Thank you so much for taking part in those. Uh, let's talk a little bit about our next caller. Uh, Sam, come on into the room. Sam Millsaps is going to be our caller today. Coming right out of our audience. Thank you so much for raising your hand. Hey there. Sorry, I I was getting brought into the room and I didn't quite catch what you said. No, uh, it's no worries. I was just making an introduction. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about who you call? Yeah, so I am one of those um, salespeople who sells into the infosec market. So the people that you were just talking about. Um, so I work at a company called Hayes. We're a global staffing and recruitment agency, and I focus specifically on cybersecurity um, placements. So I'm not a recruiter, but an account manager. Um, so that's kind of my my persona as the guys you're just talking about. Well, this is great because I know that cybersec guys have uh, a certain personality type, and I will be the person that you're calling. So I'm ready to assume that role. Are you ready to go? Yeah, definitely. All right, Sam, I'm going to pick up the phone. Hello. Hi, it's Samantha with Hayes. Is this James? Um, sorry, Samantha with Hayes. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure you're probably in the middle of something. Do you have a minute for me to tell you why I'm calling and you can let me know if you want to keep chatting? Uh, what's this about, Sam? Yeah, well, the reason I'm calling is because I noticed that you guys had a few open security roles on your site. Usually that means that you're investing in making your security program more robust. I'm reaching out to you because we recently surveyed um, a over a thousand security leaders and 90% of respondents said they're facing a shortage of skilled workers on their team, making it really hard to implement their security plans. I was wondering if that's something that you're noticing on your team as well. Uh, so we we just posted those roles uh, not too long ago. I'm I'm not sure I'm not I'm not sure how many candidates have put in for it. Is is that what you're asking about? No, I guess I was just trying to get some insight as to what your current team is looking like and kind of what skill sets might be in demand on your team. Um, 
we we found that cloud security, GRC, architecture, engineering, SOC talent tend to be the most in demand roles. So I was wondering kind of what skill sets on your team are you needing the most right now? SOC is definitely a must for this role. We're looking for somebody with some leadership qualities that can build a team internally. The hard part is finding the talent that has both the security knowledge that we need, as well as the ability to lead a team. Is that something you guys can find for us? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. I mean, I, I think that's that's the hard part for pretty much anyone in your role is finding the right people, the right talent at the right price. I'm curious, um, in, with other conversations with security leaders, they they often tell me that their HR teams don't really have the technical skills um, to really be able to understand the role that they're hiring for, much less assess the technical skills of a candidate. How does that compare with your HR team You know, at your current company? Our HR team is not technologically savvy, so we typically end up taking the brunt of the interviewing process from them because they're unaware of the questions they need to ask from a technical perspective to qualify a candidate. That's our, one of our largest problems and disconnects between HR and yeah, our Yeah, that makes sense. And it's something that I've been hearing a lot from other security leaders like yourself. Would you mind if I make a quick suggestion? Uh, sure. I've got a meeting in a minute and a half. Awesome. Well, I know I promised to be brief today, um, but this is exactly what we're helping other companies like Alchemy, um, Orca Security. We're helping them build out their tech teams and their security teams currently. So I was wondering if you might be open to meeting sometime today or tomorrow, maybe 15 minutes. So that way I could take a deeper dive to understanding you know, what needs you might have on your team currently. Sure. You can send me an invite next week, Wednesday between two and five. Okay, awesome. Um, well, I will go ahead and get that put on the calendar for us right now. Um, I'll go ahead and, and put it on the calendar um, for Wednesday at 2 p.m. Um, I'm going to send that to you right now. Did you get that email? Uh, hang on, let me refresh. Okay, I got it. I'm good. Awesome, awesome. Well, I will. I went ahead and sent that invite, invite over. Um, I'll connect with you then. Thanks so much for your time, James. That is such a great call. Let's give a big round of applause to Sam. Hey, I was direct. I, that's Jason, I felt like I felt like for a minute I got aggressive. Sam, were you daunted at all? <laughs> um, yes and no. I would say like you were a lot nicer than my typical prospect. Yeah, well, you know, I'm not honest. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I I'm more nervous just to, because of the the platform that we're doing this on, not necessarily because of the the conversation. Amazing. Let's open it up. Jason, while she's here in the room, give her some feedback. What did she do well? What did you think she could have improved on? Sam, do you follow up my stuff? Yeah, I, I have okay, my whole probably. my whole script was from your from your free course. Okay, cool. I was like, you nailed there's so many things that I teach in there that you just <laughs> nailed. Um, one, you are like a smooth operator on the phone. Like very smooth, like very good transitions, very good tonality, pace, tone, like all of that kind of stuff was good. There's something I want to point out that Sam did as well, and that's use of customer voice. She said, oh, I hear that from a lot of other people like you too. And in fact, they sometimes share this. How does that relate to what you're doing? And if you nail that, I've had prospects respond and say, dude, have you been like a fly on the wall in our Zoom meetings lately or something? Like what's what's going on? This is weird. Yeah. And like that piece there, sharing what you hear from other peers, it just demonstrates that you're not an outsider. And I think that's so important if you're selling into uh, into uh, technical roles. 
The other thing that you totally nailed was, because I've worked with recruiters and I've worked with a lot of people that sell to HR folks, um, is that they don't have the technical chops. Like you nailed that challenge. I know a lot about this persona and like you absolutely nailed that challenge. Um, you did great social proof as well, which one of the companies you mentioned is actually a new client that I just brought on board too, which is also kind of weird. Uh, so great social proof. The only thing, the feedback I have is this is a more like 300 level, you know, kind of thing mm-hmm. is, and I know we're in a live audience and stuff too. I think you could have a little more fun on the call. A, a good way to disarm, especially people that seem kind of grumpy is, um, Hey, you know, one thing that when we pulled 90% of our, our customers, they said that there's a shortage of skilled workers. It's making them hard to achieve their security plans. Now I'm guessing, do you have that totally figured out or, or is this something that you're thinking about too? You know, like you can have a little bit of fun with it. Yeah. I suppose you've got that totally figured out and you, you're absolutely good to go. Or is this something that you're thinking about too? And put a big smile on your face yeah. when you say it. That I find the principle here is like, be hard to be rude to. Okay. It's hard for the other person to be rude to you because it's like, I think of Hugh Grant in the 90s and early 2000s rom-coms. It's like, that's a guy that's hard to be a jerk to. You know what I mean? So whatever, Julia Roberts would be the other example. We just watched a, a Julia Roberts movie. I can't remember, uh, Aaron Brockovich or whatever it is. It's like, this is a hard person. Like her personality is just like, it's just hard to be rude to her. You could like dial that up and play around with whatever feels comfortable uh, for yeah. you. Maria. That's helpful. I'm pr- still pretty new into this role. So I started in February. I've never worked in staffing and recruiting before. Um, I've never been in tech and I've certainly never sold to security professionals. I, I would have not have known that. Sam, <laughs> well, I was going to ask you how long you've been doing this because I thought you aced that. Yeah, well, I mean, Jason, it really, that's props to you because the script that I got from my team or like from my internal company was a lot different than yeah. than yours. And I just scrapped it and was like, no, I think that this is a better route for me to take. But I do have a lot of cold calling experience. Prior to this, I was cold calling and trying to generate leads for franchises. So calling people to who might, may or may not be interested in buying a franchise um, and trying to get them, you know, in our pipeline for that. Yeah. Uh, are, you, are you guys paying Sam to say good things about me right now, James? <laughs> uh, no, honestly, she came from the audience. She was in the chat. Raise your hand. Like, let's do it. I, this is not sponsored. Live. Sponsored. Um, but I appreciate that feedback because I do think that I'm like one of my skills is my phone presence, I think. And just being a personable person, I can make people laugh. I can find a way to connect with pretty much anyone. So that was a good call out, I think, for me to be able to have a little bit more fun. I do tend to get a bit of cold call anxiety um, calling into CISOs. You know, I never I'm never sure who I'm going to get and what that, you know, how receptive the other person on the phone is going to be. So that might be a really good way to break down walls super early on. So thank you for that. Yeah, one Sam, I, I actually did have a good time on that call. Go ahead, Jason. Oh, just one quick thing. If anyone relates with what Sam just said, I got this tip from Tom Slocum. Um, dude, what he does when the phone is dialing is he takes a deep breath. Yeah. Mm. And oftentimes I find whether it's speaking like this or making cold calls, my heart is going like this. And like yeah. when that happens, you kind of forget to breathe sometimes. Just getting some oxygen can help you get into the call where it's like, oh, I'm coming in like this versus, you know, like that, because that could ruin a call. When you come in too hot and you're talking too fast, that first 15 seconds could just, that could be a deal breaker. Yeah. 
Amazing. Yo, uh, Sam, let me say thank you very much for being brave. This was live on the spot. You are a champion, yeah, my mm-hmm. friend. Like anytime you want to come back on the show as an example, feel free to join us. Uh, let's give a big round of applause for her for coming on the show. Last minute volunteering, brave soul. Thank you so much for sharing your time with us today. Thank you guys for your time. I really appreciate the feedback. Incredible. Uh, all right, here, let's, we're going to open Q&A. Get your questions in the Q&A section. This first one comes from Margo. Is there an opportunity for some of us, BDRs, SDRs, to participate in these mock roll cold calls? Margo, absolutely. I'll tell you what, anybody that's on this show right now that wants to come on our next cold call session, reach out to me, reach out to Jason. One of us will make sure that you end up on a list of people that come. What questions do you have for Jason? about your cold calling that's what we want right now and i'm going to answer i'm going to ask this question now because i feel like it's worth asking for somebody that is a new cold caller that is trying to polish their flow what are some common challenges you've seen in the folks that you've coached like sam that maybe aren't as skilled (laughs) that are struggling with the basics what are some things they need to focus on to overcome I think one really underrated thing that I can tell both both of the folks, Chris and Sam on the call today, is just like immersion. Anytime you do something new, there's a feeling of newness. So I just picked up snowboarding a couple seasons ago. Dude, the first month was awful, where it's like you're just not used to it and it's uncomfortable. The environment's uncomfortable. I remember a bunch of people I'm uncomfortable around. And then that part goes away. It doesn't feel so new and you can actually work on your skill development. So nothing beats repetition. Mm. So you got to get your reps in. And the way that I would get over my learning curve is one, role-playing and actually practicing out loud. I don't know why. It's it's such a weird thing for most people to do. Get super comfortable role-playing. Find someone on your team that you can role-play with, your manager, whatever it might be. Um, I do like, I'm forgetting her name, so I can't give her credit, but uh, she had a tip around role-playing with someone that's a friend or family member that doesn't know anything about like what you do or your solution or your prospects and just ask them, Hey, does this sound like me when I'm talking to you? Or do I sound like I go into this other weird mode and getting feedback on that? I thought was really helpful. And then the second thing is when you're first getting started, you know, look at like the prospects you're reaching out to. You probably have like an A, B and C grade type of list or accounts. You know, get through your repetitions on the C ones first. Yeah. <laughs> get some repetition in, in an environment where it's low risk. And if you don't get it, you're like, it's not that big of a deal. Yeah. So those are the two big things. Uh, repetition, immersion, like that's really big. The other thing is spend way less time than you think you should on product knowledge and more on who are these people? What do they care about? Just like I asked Chris earlier, what are the top two goals that the people you're calling, like, what do they have independent of your solution? Like, what are they doing on a day-to-day basis? And there's a ton of stuff you can do to get that information, but it's probably in-house somewhere at your company, either in a playbook, call recordings, I think are a really big underrated thing. Listen to an account executive or a more experienced rep run sales calls just so you can get like kind of the download of these people. There's all kinds of stuff that you could do, but that's where I want to spend most of my time. I want to feel yeah. like I'm talking to people that I kind of know. These And yeah, that's the thing, right? There's a comfort level with talking to people that we know, and that's the part we're trying to get to faster. And it has to be very organic. It has to be authentic. Uh, I use a mirror sometimes and I'm, I'm trying to get my body language right because the more my body language feels like me, the more I sound like me. And I say these things and move this way on the phone. And I think it helps me to be a better cold caller. This question comes from Tom. Speaking of mirrors, what are your thoughts on mirroring your prospect, Jason? 
I'm not a big fan of like really intentional mirroring because, okay, we should probably talk about what it is and what it isn't. A lot of times yeah. what people think mirroring is, is like, I have to like replicate this person's vibe and energy and basically become the person that they are. And that's just not what mirroring is. Mirroring is really obvious, actually. It's like if you were in person sitting around and you were hanging out with your friends and your friend was having like kind of a stressed out day, you probably wouldn't come in like super happy, cheery, and like really energetic. You would kind of meet them at that level yeah. and maintain your personality. So it's no different when a prospect answers and they sound like super hectic, stressed, grumpy. It's like I, I, I might like acknowledge that uh, inside and like maybe talk a little faster and get more to the point, yeah. you know, and be a little more direct with them. So mirroring, yes, I, I really wouldn't overthink that too much. Yeah. That's a very advanced thing. I think the thing that you can do is like, literally when I'm making calls, I'm calling like this and I'm like really listening to the person's tone of voice. Do they sound like they want to talk? And do they sound surprised that I called them? Was it unexpected? Like that's the stuff when you really get your talk track down, I'm really listening to that. And that's the beauty of the phone versus Zoom is you don't get to see what they look like so that your, your hearing is like, hyper enhanced if that's even a word yeah um, so that's what uh, i focus on instead of mirroring i always think uh, i heard a dane cook joke he says i don't just listen i listen right so you have to you have to really listen uh all right so how do you this one comes from cheyenne this is a great question uh i think there's hard objections and then there's soft objections and i believe we're all set is just another soft objection that someone that doesn't want to take the call will often put in front of you as a caller. How do you overcome? How do you handle? I don't think they're overcome is the right word. How do you handle this objection when someone says we're all set? Yeah. So it kind of depends on at what point in the call it happens. Let's, let's assume it happens somewhere kind of at the beginning. Yep. Um, I have a three part framework. It's very simple. It's empathize and validate and then offer. So the empathize and validate the biggest mistake we make when objection handling is we don't acknowledge what we just heard. So it basically sounds like we're not listening. So I want to acknowledge. And then I want to offer, and I like to do that through a customer story. It could be really short and sweet. Um, hey, James, totally hear you. <laughs> uh, it sounds like you're all set. Um, the reason I was giving you a call, however, is I noticed you guys have a bunch of open roles right now. And typically a challenge that we're hearing from customers like X, Y, and Z is that those technical roles are super tough to fill right now, especially if you're trying to do it yourself or through HR team. Does that at all relate to what you're focused on right now? Or are you totally good to go? So I can weave in a quick, I'm a really big fan of these like three sentence customer stories where I drop some social proof. I talk about the problem, what they're focused on. I just asked them if they relate. And if you could be really quick with that, that's a great way to handle most objections actually is through a customer story. Customer stories are the most underrated thing. That's the other thing I would focus on if I'm learning how to cold call is yeah. I need to have three customer stories committed to memory that I can recite at any given time to demonstrate social proof, understanding of like what this prospect is and what they do and the language that they speak in. Yeah. You nail those. That's that's the key to selling you guys is like customer stories. Yeah. Uh, I think sometimes when somebody throws an objection at us that one of our customers gave us, I love this transition. I heard it before for the life of me. I can't remember where I heard it, but somebody would say like, yeah, we're all set. And you would say, yeah, you know, we heard that from insert company and what they found was, and then you tell them about that customer and it launches you into that story. Somebody told me that, and I've used it a couple of times. It works pretty well. Uh, it gets yeah. people interested in what you're saying, even though they gave you that soft object. Turns out they are interested because that's yep. their job. Tatiana yep. has a good question here. Uh, this is one that I asked earlier in the chat, but I'm curious about. Uh, there are instances where I might dial twice to break through a silenced phone. I really need to get through to somebody. 
Uh, does this make me persistent or am I a jerk? Jason, dialing twice. Let's go. I like there's a lot of empathy in that question. And there I sure is. That. Yeah, I, I love it. Um, this makes you persistent. Um, I'm not a huge fan of like double tapping in general, just because um, the the response from the prospect, depending on who you call, is usually not a favorable one. I think you can get away with it with some personas, but the the ones that really don't want to talk to you on the phone could be kind of a deal breaker for some of those folks. Sure. So I don't think it makes you a jerk, but what you need to do is be able to handle when someone gets irritated. Oh, hey, my bad. I, I'm kind of a fan. This is like, it's not lying necessarily, but you're kind of not telling the whole truth, which is, it's a bit of a gray area. You could say something like, oh, I meant to leave a voicemail on the first call and forgot to do it. I wanted to make sure to do it on the second call. Totally acknowledge that this is an interruption. Do you get 30 seconds for me to tell you the reason for my call? And you can decide if you want to hang up or not. Cool. And, and you can go in. So you need a really good way to respond to it. If you could respond to irritation in a really calm way and be like, hey, my bad, totally. I'm calling you in the middle of the blue. Totally understand where you're coming from. If you can acknowledge someone's like frustration with that, again, it's like, I'm being really hard to be rude to. Yeah. Like that's, that's, that's the key. Yeah. I think being hard to be rude to and being somebody that's engaging are very yeah. good combinations. And when you practice and you yeah. have that sense of repetition in your prep or in your research or in your just general ability to get ready for calls, I think we perform much better. Put a one in the chat if this has been a useful session for you. We've got a lot of questions here in the in the Q&A. So I might light up some videos with Jason here. Maybe we'll answer a few of these. That would be a lot of fun. Jason, Tell people where they can connect with you. And I'm going to ask our Sell Better fam to go ahead and drop that link to your free course, your cold calling course in the chat one more time. Guys, go get this. This is amazing. This is game changing. If you thought Sam did a good job, that's the resource that she got. Jason, talk to me about your uh, your final thoughts here. Yeah, definitely go check out. Uh, we spent so much time, James. You've recorded those courses. It's like a day of intensive work. Um, it's my very best stuff on cold calling. So make sure to check it out. It's free. Uh, you should see a link coming in the chat here soon. Um, and that also connects with me on LinkedIn. So I work with both reps and sales teams. Um, if you're looking for help implementing any of this kind of stuff, we have training programs, um, all of that kind of thing. And uh, if you're just looking for free stuff, check out the course and uh, follow me on LinkedIn. I post content every day, exactly like the stuff that uh, we talked about today. And, and can I say, I want to give Chris and Sam props again for coming on and uh, love the engagement. I wouldn't expect anything less from uh, your guys' audience, James, but love, love the engagement today, everyone, and, and the participation. Yo, round of applause one more time for our cold callers, brave souls that come in here and cold call and put their stuff out there for everybody to judge. I think this is an incredible community that we are building. Remember that we make this stuff for you. I want to encourage you guys to go check out our new website, 100% focused on people just like you, sellbetter.xyz. You can follow us on the gram. We are putting consistent content out on TikTok as well as our YouTube channel. This is all free resources with lots of takeaways and actionable strategies that you can use right now. Thank you so much for spending your afternoon with us and investing in yourself. Thank you for our guests coming in and sharing your amazing wisdom. I want to say that this is the best job in the world and I will continue to do it until they ask me not to do it anymore. And I'm going to probably make that uncomfortable. Get out there and make somebody smile on the phone today. That's disarming as hell. Make them want to talk to you and connect with me directly at Say What Sales on virtually every platform known to man. Jason, we'll talk to you next time, buddy. Thanks again, everybody. Have a great day. Get out there and go get them. Thank you. See you, everyone.